My name's Brian, and welcome to another episode of Lots to Talk About. Today, we're talking minimalism, we're talking slow living, we're talking nomad living. Um, I saw this guest pop up on my feed over on Podmatch and sent him a message immediately. Uh, all I saw was nomad minimalist, and uh, that's all I needed to see. Uh, sent him a message, and he fired right back and decided we were going to do this interview. So uh, here to talk about slow living, minimalism, whatever else the conversation throws at us, I would like to welcome two lots to talk about. Uh, TK Rezu Murat. Did I get it right again? Yeah, yeah. Pretty good, man. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> uh, I have it. I, I struggle every uh, every episode. Like I'll, I'll bring somebody on and I'm horrible with names. Like my whole life I've been horrible with names. And I'll ask them and I'll nail it perfect before the show. And as soon as the show comes <laughs> on, I'm like brain melt. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got it right, man. You got it right. Oh, Thank perfect. You. Thank you for the effort. I appreciate that. Oh, yeah, I try. I try. I mean, it, it's all uh, it's the least I can happen with me is get their name right. I mean, if everything else falls apart, I figure if I get the name right, at least there's that. So. <laughs> but uh, hey, tell my audience uh, kind of who you are, just like a little brief background or an intro. Um, I kind of preface there with... Uh, Obviously, you're into minimalism and slow living, and we'll get to that. But uh, who are you? Where you come from? Um, so, well, first of all, thank you for having me on the show, man. I'm, I'm super happy to be here, excited to have this chat with you and your audience. Um, so basically, I was born in New York, in Brooklyn, New York, to be exact. Uh, but within a couple of weeks, I moved out with my parents, obviously, uh, we moved to South Africa, where we spent like a few years, and then Mozambique, Algeria, Ethiopia, Hong Kong. I mean, we moved a lot growing up. And uh, and then when I graduated, you know, from high school, I kept on moving on my own. So I went to France, went to Argentina, you know, Australia. I've been to, to, to quite a few countries here and there. And and yeah, so hence the the nomadic Part of me. I don't like the word nomad now because it's attached to digital nomads and yeah. you know usually Americans going to Mexico for work <laughs> and people spending less. That's not what I do. I mean, that's definitely what I, not what I do. I just I like you know I grew up this way, so I don't know any other way. And do you, a little bit. Do, do you mind sharing what uh, what kind of led your parents to that path? Was that um, their kind of did they travel for work or was it yeah military? yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. My parents traveled for work. Uh, they okay. were diplomats, so they, they oh, okay. you know, they just had to move every every you know three to four years. So you have like uh, those those contracts three to yep. four years in in every place, and you're just moving around. So yeah, that's why we moved. And yeah, when I graduated high school, I started moving because I felt like yeah, was the point in just settling like in one place. <laughs> That's that's uh, fantastic. I've I've uh, I've known a few people that have have experienced that have were uh, were born kind of into that. Their parents were right, both right. math, and uh, it was uh, for the majority of them it was fantastic, and for one of them it was absolutely horrific. <laughs> so. It can be, man. It can be. Like I got two siblings, and you know we're completely different. Like it all depends on how you handle it and how you adapt to the situation and to that lifestyle. Um, my siblings are younger than me, so that plays also that also like plays a role in how you know you perceive things and how you you experience things in life. When you have like an elder brother and you look up to that person, then you either try to emulate them or try to be the complete opposite. And so when like myself, I embraced this lifestyle and I was like, yeah, I like it. I actually love you know, talking to different people, learning from different people. And we can have like different, you know, we can we can have differences of opinions, but that doesn't matter. Like we can still be friends. Like all of my friends are different to me. Like I don't have <laughs> minimalist friends. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't have like friends who have, who've had like similar lifestyles. I used to, but I don't anymore. And I'm good with it. Like it's, it's funny you mentioned that because because in your profile, you mentioned that you're a vegan. 
I'm pretty sure. Right, right, right. And and yeah, I yeah, was yeah. like, okay, I'm an anarchist, but I'm I'm carnivore, like keto <laughs> or carnivore. And right, I'm like, right. all right, well, I know just by observing society, there's quite a few vegans that just really wouldn't want to talk to me based on that. So I led with that. I'm like, hey man, don't matter one bit to me. You do you, right. but I just want to be up front. You mind talking to me? You're like, no, nah, cool. <laughs> Was like, yeah, yeah, man. Okay. I, I don't, I don't care. I mean, it's it's your personal life, and it's my personal life. As long as yep. you respect what I do, I respect what you do. We can definitely have conversations, and we don't have to have conversations about, you know, dietary exactly. Preferences. There's so much more that we can, you know, learn from each other. Just before this talk, we were talking about agriculture, and yep. you know, and I was like, dude, you gotta teach me how to do what you do because you literally. You know, you seem really good at it. You know what I mean? And that's something yep. that I'm interested in. So we can all learn from each other. And if anything, I did, I was, I wasn't vegan before. Like right. it was through, you know, getting to know certain vegans, learning about their lifestyle and whatever that I was started showing interest in it. You know what I mean? Yep. So yep, that's how we sure. grow. I mean, we need each other to just, we need to keep conversations going and to talk to each other. Like, there's well, no and if you have people being... that challenge your ideals, you don't, you're not, you don't live in an echo chamber then. Like exactly. if I only hang out people that believe the same thing I do, then man, I feel great every day. But yeah, like you said, you're not growing. You're not. You're not. So, so yeah, and, I, I, I dig that part of this kind of lifestyle that I'm running into new people, um, new, uh, new cultures and things like that uh mm. i mean i'm centralized i'm still in the u.s i'm i'm limited to to traveling with a vehicle um right. at the moment but even traveling from the north to the south and seeing different um different cultures different things uh practices traditions stuff like that uh it's it's been interesting already and it, and we've really only been traveling we've made a few trips but been on the road officially for like six months now so it's wow. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely eye opening, and I, I I'm ex excited to experience it. So, but right, uh, right, right. I mean, it's human experience is all about that. It's like you know, touching on different cultures, different subjects, talking to people about you know what they're passionate about as well. Because when someone is passionate about something, they definitely bring more to the conversation to just have a random conversations with random strangers. You know what I mean? And yeah. all of us like there are things that we love more than the rest. And when you find like that thing that gets people, you know, talking nonstop about, you know, their, their passion, that's like, that's where you learn the most because the person, even if the subject doesn't interest you as much, when the person is passionate, it just feels different. Yeah. Yeah. They have a different a tone to their voice or like an intensity to the conversation that you're like, I should, I should pay attention. Um, right. I might never, I might never use this piece of information exactly. again. But, but this, this grabbed this guy's attention, so it might be worth listening to. Just, just, just to ponder, maybe. So exactly, exactly. Yeah, I get it. I get it. So slow living, slow yeah, living. Right? I, I read this, and man, it seems, it seems kind of intuitive to me. But I want to hear your take on slow living. Uh, it's kind of the direction I'm going, I imagine, but I, I want to hear your take because um, I need a goal to shoot for. All right. So slow living. Well, I learned about slow living uh, through minimalism. So I got into minimalism through about like almost five years ago now. So I decided to at first I was decluttering and then I was like, well, I have a lot of stuff. So I got to either give it or give it away or like, you know, sell it. For, for, for some of it, so which I did. And then the more I did that, the better I felt. And then slow living, I stumbled upon, uh, I think it was an article on Medium that talked about slow living. And I was like, what is this? I mean, like you said, like it's it's pretty intuitive. So uh, it's, it's easy to understand. But then when you get deep into all the benefits of slow living, it just, uh, for me, it was one of those aha moments that you get in life. And it was one of the most important aha moments that I got in my life so far because it changed everything. It changed the, where I, the way I work. It changed the way I travel as well. It changed my relationships with people, uh, what I do, what I, you know, dedicate my time and, and energy to. Uh, so slow living entails, for me, uh, it entails working less, 
doing less sort of stuff that I have to do in order to to have just more time to cherish what I've worked for so far and what I will keep on working for until the day I die. Because I, I recorded an episode not too long ago about work, about the definition of work and how work now means uh, what we do to make money. I don't like that definition of work because I feel like it's, uh, everything we do is work. Like when you're cooking to eat, you're actually working, but we don't consider that work because we're not paid to do that unless you're a chef. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Um, and for me, that is work. And that is what life should be about. It's about like doing so many different things that help you grow constantly and, and, and just have a comfortable uh quiet life and yeah and just find that purpose along the way because that's what slow living gave me yeah i love it i love it yeah um that uh make it, it you you touched on two things there that i've been contemplating a lot i've been talking to a lot of people kind of in this space about is i don't want to retire like there is like exactly. this whole, this whole, so as a, as a, my, I mean, my show title is living outside the system. So obviously I'm kind of tuned into, there might be a plan for us, you know, like there might right, be, right, right. there might be a reason that they want us to work X amount of years and pay X amount of taxes. Like if I can break out of that. Um, so right. through examining that, I really, have noticed the retire and die kind of pattern and um yeah so i don't i want to set myself up that i'm not busting my ass till i'm 65 and then i'm tired and want to go sit in a retirement home i want to be doing something that inspires me and that i enjoy that i can do it till the day at my heart stops because that might be at, at 45 in the next coming year or it might be at 100 but I want to be living my life until that, that last heartbeat. Exactly. Exactly. So making that transition. And I think a lot of people are um, in the, when they're realizing the potential of the internet, the potential of um, work from home and things like that. I think they're opening up to this idea. I think COVID kind of really sprung the sprung, the spring of people realizing that they can do this, and not have to do it all the time like exactly i can do eight hours of work in two hours <laughs> right work. right right i can do right. my job my right. job um but yeah and then yeah just the enjoying things and that everything like you said cooking you don't get paid to cook well you do because you don't die <laughs> Right, right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. I mean, I, you don't, you don't. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, exactly, exactly. I mean, we're we're constantly doing things not to die. You know what I mean? Like, we're you you cook and you work out. Working out doesn't, you know, count as work because you're doing it for yourself. But in reality, like working out is as important as going to work, as making money, as you know what I mean, as having a shelter. It's like to be active is what I mean. Not working out, right. like going to the gym necessarily, but to be active, to keep your body active and to stay healthy. Yep. And all of these things we do and we don't necessarily pay ourselves for and we don't consider them as, you know, an integral part of who we are and what we do. And I feel like, you know, our societies are headed in a direction where work is, you know, is what defines people now. It's like even when you meet new people, the first question they ask is that, like, what do you do? Like for work, do. they don't care about your passions. They don't care about the things that, you know, make you happy. They care, they care about your career path and what you chose to do. And that was like, that was a trap that I fell for, like most people. Like, you know, I went to college and, yeah. and you know, did, did my grad, whatever. And then I got my master's and I went to work <laughs> in an office at nine to five, like everyone else. And well, gladly i kind of realized that that wasn't for me like early enough yeah but for most people they don't and a lot of people also live you know there's this saying very famous saying i don't know who said it but 
people spend money they don't have on things they don't need to please people they don't care about. You know what I mean? Or they and might not even know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And for me, that's just absurd, man. Like, what's the point of all that? Just yeah. do things for you. Do you. Like, that's the more, most important thing in life. And for me, slow living is just living. I call it slow living because everyone is, you know. So fast. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And people love being busy today. Like, it feels like they get a sense of pride from being busy and that doesn't make any sense to me like why are you proud of being busy all the time like you don't even get time to yourself you're not when was the last time you did something for yourself you know when was the last time you got a massage or whatever when like, was the last time you did nothing exactly when was the last time you did nothing exactly for, for a half an hour when's the last time you didn't pick up your phone you didn't look at a computer screen you didn't look at a tv you just sat and did nothing exactly exactly and people don't do anything for themselves anymore like everything they do is for others even when they go into when they go in nature and they take a walk in nature they need to take you know stories and, and videos and photos and they have to post them because it feels like if they don't post them and people don't know about them it didn't feel like they did anything right so we're you know we're we're disconnected from what matters the most which is like this personal fulfillment and you know, just feeling like you're actually alive. And for me, that's where slow living comes in. And that's where minimalism also comes in because it's uh, like the two go hand in hand for me. Like yeah. it's, oh, for you sure. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. We, we, we had to start. Um, so how often do you move? Now, not as much as I not used to. Now I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fixed. But I'm like, I think we'll touch on this like a little bit later. But I'm... Um, in the midst of you know building out my my home yeah. on wheels so i yeah. think i'm gonna start moving again that's a big now, change no. that's so we went from 35 acres with a farm like a fully functioning um we did uh poultry we did chickens and turkeys and quail and rabbits and all that so like and had gardens so we had like a outbuildings full of stuff and garage oh, and a 1500 yeah. square foot farmhouse full of shit and we're going into a 32 foot travel trailer with a with a pickup truck and we're putting everything we own in there including nice. our 300 plus pound dogs wow <laughs> and so we just looked at it and it took took us 2 years to uh, we re we gutted the trailer almost and then rebuilt it out put solar in and composting toilets so we're like wow. we're totally uh, we can go boondock for like 2 3 weeks um but then we we're like okay we're limited on weight and we're limited on size like yeah. space right how do we get this all this shit in there all our lives into this space everything <laughs> you own after you just spent 10 years or eight years getting all this stuff to run this farm how do you get rid of it and right. how do you really decide well first of all how do you decide what you're going to need on the road Cause you don't yeah, know cause yeah. you haven't been on the road and yep. what do you really need and what do you really want? And so that process was very like, it was painful at times. It was very, but once I started, it was fantastic. Like getting rid of everything. It feels and so good. Don't it? The more we're on the road, the more shit we're throwing away. Like I'm like, I go through the back of the yes. truck. We'll stop. And I like pull everything out of the back of the truck and I'm like, okay, well, we're never going to fucking use this. I thought right. <laughs> I picked that thing up five times and swore to God that I was going to use it. I'm never yeah. going to use this. And I donate it, throw it in the trash, whatever. I'm just like, I don't care. And it feels That's, awesome. <laughs> if it does feel awesome. That's exactly how, you know, my journey went on. Like, you know, you, you, at first, like I said, I was decluttering. So I was just, you know, throwing out the, the little things and the, the broken stuff and whatever. And then as time went on, I was like, okay, well, I haven't used this for two years. So obviously I don't need it. You know, I haven't worn this jacket because it never gets this cold in this area for three years. So maybe I should sell it. Maybe I should give it to a shelter. doesn't matter, but I, I don't have to keep it. And, you know, as, yeah, as time went on, like I said, I, I became an extreme minimalist. So, my goal, at least for now, is to live with under 100 items, 100 or less. So, uh, like, 
everything included. And it was like, I wanted to make that a goal because I wanted to aim at something. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. at, at some point you start like, uh, you know, the, the, the newness of this new lifestyle goes away. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it, it, it doesn't feel as, as exciting as it used to. So you have to keep, you know, refreshing it. And now I, I'm almost there. I'm like at 130 items. Nice. Uh, and yeah, my clothing is like bare minimum, only stuff that's actually super extremely like useful that I couldn't live without. There's no extras in there. And it felt so good, man. Like I just, uh, my wife and I traveled like last week for eight days and I had this tiny backpack, everything fit in there. I had my whole life. And when we were over there, like we were in London and I was like, I could literally like literally right now decide to move to London and I have everything with me, like in a backpack. You know what I mean? Like I'm not missing anything. I mean, except for, you know, my van, but like, well, yeah, you'll do great. You'll do great uh, in van life that way, for sure, for sure. Yeah, man, and we don't have any. Like, we decided to keep it to a bare minimum as well in terms of storage, because you built your own thing. You know how, like, when I watch YouTube videos and I watch these vans, and before they even live in them, they look packed, like yeah. too packed for for me at least. And right. I'm like, what are you doing with all that storage? Like, people are like, oh, this is a. Uh, this is for whatever clothing. This is for winter clothing. I'm like, what? Do you, you don't need all that. Like, it's a van life. You're supposed to be moving all the time. So, I realized too that if I really, if if I throw out something that I end up needing, I can get it. Uh-huh. Like, exactly. I realize, I exactly. realize that I can just acu- I can acquire it again because we plan to do some like hard skill stuff on the road, like do some uh-huh. land development, and like I was like, well, I got to keep a rake and I got to keep this, and I'm like. I can go to Home Depot and get a rake and I can leave it at the property. Like I probably should have it there anyway. <laughs> um, exactly. But the one thing that really flipped the switch for me on getting rid of stuff, you were talking about getting rid of like the broken things and the stuff, but it was getting rid of that thing that had an emotional attachment. Right. right that right. I didn't I need. do understand that. Once I got rid of that first thing that had that tie, that man, that was my, my first hunting jacket or my first, you know, this or that, or that photo album that I have digital pictures of the whole thing. Once I threw that away and I was like, okay, this is okay. Or that wedding gift or, you know, right, 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 right. It, it kind of just opened it up and said, okay, th- it was a block. It was a block for me that, that, that emotional, I have to keep it because it, well, yes. I still remember all the stuff that I threw away. Do I need to tote it around with me to to look at? Like, how many times have I picked it up and looked at it because it meant something to me? I can still pick it up and look at it in my head. <laughs> exactly. You live through the moments. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, for, that's, yep. yeah, that's, that's a, I don't like to call it an excuse, but for some people it is. For some people it's not. For some people it's actually absolutely true and they have an emotional attachment to these things because... Like, it's like, I don't know, a watch that your grandpa gave you and he he wore it during, I don't know, whatever, the war. And it means something like genuine, you know. I have and a few little trinkets that I've, I've really pared down mm-hmm. to a few, very few things that really were the, like, I was always evaluating, like, okay, what is the attachment and why? And I exactly. finally got down to a few things. I have like a little box that I, I keep Same. a few little things in. Same, like I got a little box that I kept at, you know, grandpa's house. Uh, it's a tiny one, but it's got everything that actually means a lot to me. Like I said, like the example I just gave is one of them, like a watch from uh, someone who's dear to me. I don't want to throw it away because that person, I know what that person went through to give it to me. You know what I mean? And yep. so, but that's like a tiny thing. If they gave me a car and I'm not using it anymore, I I would sell it like I don't I don't have to keep it because it's huge. I'm paying whatever like insurance on it is like it's costing me too much. But if it's a tiny like ring or watch or whatever, like a few pictures as well, like, you know, especially like now pictures don't have like they don't have, hold the same value as as they did before. But like if you got pictures of your family from back then, I mean, they have they definitely like are more valuable than, you know, photos now. And so I would understand people keeping those. 
but there's no point in keeping like a hundred pictures from the same event. Like, <laughs> right. what's the point in that? You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Yeah, I don't, I don't need a book. I need a picture to now spur the memory of the event. Like, as I, as I look at this picture, it should bring back the memories of the whole event. I don't need a whole documentation of the whole thing. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's what it is. I wrote like a bunch of articles on on minimalism because a lot of people find it hard at first. And so that these are like the elements that I touch on in, in my article. These are the elements that I also talked, you know, about in on my show and, you know, with people uh, mm -hmm. when they tell me like, yeah, we I have a bunch of stuff that I can, you know, throw, throw out because they remind me of a certain period in my life. And I do get it. But that's like that's also like an excuse people use to avoid throwing out stuff that I actually don't use. If you know what I'm getting at, like, oh, yeah. you know, so, <laughs> you know, like oh, they go sure. like, yeah, I have some sentimental stuff. I'm like, okay, well, let's put that to the side. How about the non-sentimental stuff? Like, how about the stuff that actually is useless, that has no, you know, emotion, that you have no emotional attachment to? Nothing. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? It is crazy, man. And you're yeah, really I mean, emotional, man. You got everything <laughs> you own has emotional attachment. Exactly. We are human beings. So obviously, if you bought something that you felt that you needed it at some point, right? So I uh, I read something and I didn't do this. Um, I didn't end up needing to, but I was exploring options like what how do I get rid of this stuff? Because it was like getting close to time. My wife, she dumped like all her shit was like moving into the camper. I was like last minute, like struggling to get rid of shit. <laughs> and um, so I, I was reading different things. And one person said, if you have memories of an item, and you want to throw the item away, write a document about it, go into word or notepad or whatever, and write the story of that item. Now you don't need it. Because that file goes on a computer or on a hard drive or on a cloud. And you can bring that up anytime you want, put pictures of the item. And now you don't have to lug the item. You have to store a digital file. Right. And I was like, that's amazing. That's not a bad idea. I never <laughs> thought about that, but yes. I, I never did it. I like I never got to that point, but I was always like, oh, this is always in my back pocket. If there's really something that I need to really want to remember, I want to see it, but I can't. I can't bring it with me. Like we had a couple things from our wedding that we really wavered back and forth. Like one was a stained glass piece, but it doesn't really travel well. Um, we didn't have anywhere we really could store it. Um, and so we went back and forth. Do we give it to family to hold? Do we try to package it right? And we just ended up both looking at it and remembering it and knowing that we'll always remember it. And, and we gave it to the new house owner. It was like, we just left it in the window. Case, and I was like, case in point, we're talking about it. You know what I mean? Right, 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 so right now. It's, like, so it's right here. Yep. Yep. And once you realize that you can really part ways with a lot of things. So I get it, man. Absolutely. So do you ever get in, uh, you ever gotten into any barefoot stuff or grounding stuff by chance? Cause we threw um, our shoes I, away. <laughs> Oh, that's beautiful, man. I mean, I well, did. Uh, I, I I never got into it. I did, though, read about it. And there's this guy. I think he's in Minnesota. He's like the, the barefoot guy. I mean, that's his page. And he journals like his his journey as a, you know, walking barefoot. So it's really cold, as you know, in Minnesota. So yeah. the fact that he lives there and he goes like on runs he does it, you know, he, he goes shopping barefoot. He does everything barefoot. And he's like, Colorado. well, I'm actually, I'm actually doing good. Like it, it, there, I haven't noticed like much of a change in my life. I mean, I do understand that shoes can be important when you're, you know, I don't know, like hiking in, oh, right. in mountainous areas, but like, yeah. And in a day-to-day -day life, there is a stigma, obviously uh you know attached to that like you couldn't go like downtown barefoot people would look at you like you're crazy oh yeah they but, do. Uh, I, mean, I mean you know <laughs> you tried that apparently yeah 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 okay we, tell me my, about it man. my wife my wife decided that she was going to try that um she kind of researched it she was having some medical issues some actually shoulder issues and stuff like that um kind of looked into grounding and she started by just like standing 
grounding and then ended up enjoying the on her feet. So she started walking barefoot and realized she liked it and her shoulder felt better. Um, she became more naturally aligned. Her feet felt better, all this stuff. Well, it's a long, long, long subject to go into, but she ended up just one day she's, it would have been like three weeks. She's like, yeah, I threw away all my shoes today. She's like, I kept one pair. Wow. And That's so I was amazing. like, oh, and so then she got me to try it. And I've been like the feet stuffed in work boot guy for the last 30 years. Um, and yeah, I really, I get very sore and tense when I wear shoes now. So really, yeah, it's, it's crazy stuff. And it kind of went right along with that minimalism because she had a pile of shoes and I had a pile yeah, yeah, of yeah, shoes yeah, yeah. and it was just like throwing them. I don't need them. Don't need them. Really don't. I got this wow. pair that I need to wear if I got to go hiking. And uh, then we bought some barefoot shoes, uh, which are also minimalist because they're not big and bulky. They're just kind of like skins right, for right. your feet. Right. But yeah, that's uh, I was curious if uh, I've, I've seen it kind of in run in line with minimalism as people start realizing, OK, Absolutely. I can only have one pair of shoes. Well, maybe I should just not wear them for a while. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's that's exactly my case. I mean, I got three pairs of shoes, one for, you know, hiking, one for soccer, because I, I play soccer and, you know, you need cleats to play. Yeah. <laughs> and then one for, you know, for everything else, like work, work going around, going to town and whatever. Yep. So I, I, I kept it to the bare minimum, but apparently I can do better. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, it, it's, it's interesting. It was a different, she, she kind of does a social media account geared towards it with video and stuff but uh wow yeah it was what's, um what's it called was uh, grounded the grounded souls grounded Soul. souls um it's it, it's on this on our youtube channel that this will go out on um she does it on there but then she has some social accounts out there um i'll email you all our links we got so much crap going on it's unbelievable that's awesome and, like yeah, 15 it's different directions it's uh like that spaghetti method you know you, do, <laughs> right, right, you right. document all the shit you like and some somebody's gonna like something so <laughs> something sticks right but I was curious because you speak several languages and it's all making right. sense with uh, with your childhood, your upbringing and stuff. But um, I kind of want to talk about that because that sure. as as a worldwide traveler, that's got to really come in handy. But you can't know the language everywhere you go. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Unfortunately. <okay. laughs> um, but I mean, I mean, there's there's a set of languages that if you know you can pretty much go almost anywhere you want and still get get by, like so except can... for maybe Africa because in Africa you know the, uh, people speak uh, really like even within the same country you'd have like sixty languages like tribal languages. Right, right, right. So right. so it's really hard. But other than that, I mean, uh, South America, like literally. 99% of the countries speak Spanish and the one country that speaks Portuguese. So if you speak Spanish, you're good. You know what I mean? It's and only can you, Brazil. Can you kind of go back and forth between Spanish and Portuguese enough to understand? Is it close enough? If people speak slowly in Portuguese, I mean, if you learn Spanish and then you go to Brazil, most people in, you know, big cities, they do at least understand Spanish or some of them, like they do speak it as well. And the languages are very similar. And like, unlike Spanish and Italian, which in my opinion are quite different and people think it's the same thing, but they're not. <laughs> um, and, uh, but like Spanish and Portuguese, like, yeah, you can definitely, if you know Spanish and you're going to Brazil, people, you will not need, uh, you know, a translator. You will talk to people, people will understand you and you will understand people if they speak slowly. But um, yeah, for me, so if, if one was to learn languages, obviously English would be number one. Uh, French comes in handy more often than not. I mean, there are a lot of French people everywhere in the world, but there are also like many ex-French colonies, mainly in, you know, in North Africa, West Africa. Then you got like Belgium, Switzerland, even Canada, like in Montreal, they speak French. So French is very useful. You, you can go anywhere and find people who speak French. So that's pretty cool. Spanish, of course, yeah. it's one of the most spoken languages in the world. Chinese is now uh, 
growing as a language and to be honest having lived in malaysia having you know been to to that part of the world for some time i can tell you for a fact that if you go to taiwan you can go to malaysia you can go to many of these places over there people have people who have uh, chinese descent or are of chinese descent do speak chinese and so you will get by there as well not just in china although china is already like 1.4 billion so right, it's, right. it's it's already useful enough you know what i mean even like work wise if you want to work chinese can come in handy arabic is another one um there's the whole arabian peninsula which is which uses arabic northern africa uses arabic and some people in uh, west africa also speak arabic because you know of their um you know muslim heritage right. so muslims usually you know they they read the quran which isn't i mean which is translated into every language but they also like at some point right. most of them learn arabic so you can also get by with that in parts that you wouldn't you know think you would when i was in ethiopia uh, i you know learned a few a little bit of the local language over there which is called amharic the official language because they have different languages um, and, and, you know, there were so many Arabic words in that. And I was like, wow, it's, it's crazy because I would have <laughs> never thought, you know? And so, yeah, these are like the four or five languages that I would recommend for people to at least learn or at least be interested in because they open you your mind. Did you learn them as a child? Did you learn them most or did, have you accumulated them more as, as you've gotten older? Um, I have accumulated them as I got older, like moving from country to to another like french definitely was uh you know uh one of these languages that i learned because i had no other choice okay like yeah that's we what moved. i was wondering did, so did you do you if you were planning to move somewhere um right. and you didn't know the language so say you're you're moving to france and you don't know right. french would you learn it before you go or would you go and learn it on the fly I like learning on the fly. It's much easier, so much easier. Like, yeah. unless you know that you're moving there, like, let, let's say, like, in March, you know you're going to be moving to France, for example, and you got three months to prepare for it. In that case, of course, it helps to just know at least a few words. Right. And then right, you right. get here, and then everything is going to be easier for you. But if you don't know beforehand, and you just, you know, you know, life happens, you got an opportunity somewhere and let's say in France and you go like, OK, well, I'm moving there. It's so much easier, at least for me, it's been so much easier to just learn. So it's not it's not path. necessarily something that you should um, not pursue an opportunity because learning the language while immersed in it is going to be it's going to happen for you. It's not right. I mean, probably for everybody. I, I imagine that's like the immersion model of uh, teaching where they that it's just all like you go to Chinese immersion school and everything's in Chinese and you have no idea. You like walk right. in knowing zero Chinese. <laughs> right, 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 right. Like, oh, well, you learn how to function. So, <laughs> yeah. Hey, Teach yeah, me bathroom I mean, and cafeteria and I'm good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that's how it starts for everyone. Like you just pick up like one, one, one word after another. You just right. pick up like the one word that you hear every day. You're, you're somewhere with people, people who speak a certain language. And so you pick up that one word. And then if you have a genuine interest in their language or a general interest in their culture as well because that plays a huge role like when i learned spanish it's because my ancestors are central americans so uh, i wanted to learn the, the the language of my ancestors and i felt a certain connection with it and that's why like i decided to to take on that project but for other languages i just yeah learned them on the fly because i had to and in the end i don't know it feels you know, when you start learning a language at first, it's painful, but then you start understanding stuff, you know, uh, within like a couple of months, maybe three months, you start picking up stuff that's subtle. Right. And that's where the beauty of languages lays for me. It's like in the subtlety of everything and how people uh, communicate their emotions, their feelings, uh, their views of the world, their views of each other, their views of you. That's in that subtlety. It's not just in, you know, the knowing of grammar. It's like, right. that's like, I don't care much about that. 
What I care oh, about yeah, is I, how I took four years. Learn. I took four years of Spanish in high school, and I learned more in uh, restaurant kitchens than I did in four <laughs> years of learning the vocabulary and the, the like how to change, how to write verbs and how to change past tense and all that shit. I learned more from the guy slinging fries because he spoke Spanish to the guy cooking steaks. Exactly. Like, uh, yeah, exactly. I get it. And, and, <laughs> and language learning comes from curiosity. Like that's the number one thing you need. You don't you don't need to be a genius to learn languages. You don't need to have like high degrees to be anything. Basically, you just need curiosity. Like if you're curious, like you said, like you were in that kitchen. If you had no interest in please knowing it. what they, these guys were, were talking about, like you would have never asked. You would have never learned. You would just been like. <laughs> I don't care about what they're saying. That's shenanigans. Like I'm moving on. But if you show that curiosity and that shows that you have an interest in other human beings and other, you know, in their culture and how they, they operate. And that's interesting. Like that's where, you know, once again, that's how you grow. So having so having that curiosity and kind of digging in, that's, that's one main tip on kind of, um, of, immersing yourself in that language and learning it quickly any other any other quick tips i mean like a, a pocket dictionary or like is uh what do you do when you're like i i really gotta grab a hold of this because i gotta communicate with these people i force myself to read like you know things that i'm interested in in say the language so like when when i moved to argentina i spoke no spanish at all and i love you know like i said i play i used to play soccer so i love you know, the soccer culture over there and, and their team or whatever. And so I was like, okay, let me just read uh, uh, one article a day about, you know, their teams and find a team that, you know, uh, that, that, that I like, that I, have, that I have a certain connection with. And yeah, man, and I was just every day I'd wake up first thing in the morning, read a, you know, tiny article. Like it took me literally like, well, it took me five minutes because I didn't <laughs> understand what I was reading. But it would take a, a native like a couple of minutes. It's just those short articles. And you, you, you maybe do not like see it happening, but your brain is actually uh, registering like new words, new, uh, you know, phrases, new expressions. And then when you start learning, when you go to class and you're learning like about the grammar and stuff, the teacher will say something and somehow it will ring a bell to you and you don't right. know how. But that's probably basically because you were practicing. Well, oh, yeah, and it's, it's something that you're interested in, and you know the terminology. Like I, that, exactly. that, as soon as you said the 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 football example, I'm like, okay, right. I get it. Yep, because you you had experience. You read those articles, not those articles, but those right. articles in, in your native language or whatever. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. okay, it might not be exactly the same, but I know what they're getting at. <laughs> exactly that's exactly what it is so that's right. one of my go-to tips when i'm learning a new language like uh i i want to take on either japanese or chinese in 2023 i don't know yet uh i'm trying to figure that out and it's not easy because i love both languages <laughs> but you know um for now i think it's going to be japanese because it's easier like uh when, okay. you know there are a lot of uh, you know, animes and, and, and mangas and, you know, Japanese culture is way more international and, and even oh, let's West. say West. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you can find it anywhere you go. So it's probably going to be easier for me to learn Japanese being here, at least, you know, if I lived so where in China, are you right now? a different story. I'm in France right now. I'm based You're in France. France. Yeah. Okay. And hanging out there for a while. Yeah, it's been six years, man. And, six uh, years. Yeah, six six years. I mean, I moved to Spain for like seven months in between, but it's been six years since I've been here, and yeah, I love it here, man. It's, uh, so it's, yeah, that's kind of what I wanted to go to as we kind of wind down. Is uh, so you must like France, and but it's different in Europe. You want to jump in a van. You want to go van life um, and convert right, right. into that. And that's another thing that caught my eye on your profile because um, when you start out with that extreme minimalism, um, that makes that conversion to it, it. It cuts out that horrible experience I had of throwing <laughs> everything away to fit it into the camper. You're already there, like. Um, and so, how's it going? Like, have you have you started that um, that transition? Have you um, are you still in the planning mode? No, we actually like acquired the van this year. 
um, we completely, uh, you know, we, we, we did everything that was to do, like the installation, the, you know, figuring out how much electricity we needed and, and whether we're going to use gas or electric or full electric, full gas, whatever, whatever. So we figured all that out. Now, uh, I just finished building our bed and uh, our sitting area, and I just finished, uh, well, I'm in the midst of uh, working on the, the, the shower because we, we wanted a shower in there yep. uh, because we're going to be moving a lot. So you know how that gets. Like, you, you never know where you're going to sleep, like, at the yep. end of the day. So you can't always know where you're going to shower. So I don't think we're going to use it as much as we, we, we set out uh to use it but i guess uh it's better to have it than not to and regret it at some point oh for sure for sure (laughs) so yeah so yeah that's where we at like we i think within a couple of months it's going to be done Um, and then yeah we want to be able to travel for at least a little bit for like a month or two uh come maybe june like may or june uh just to test it out and my wife has got a couple of exams by the end of next year. And then after that, I think it's going to be off to, you know, we're going to leave our apartment and only have the van. So we're going to be living in there full time. Nice. Nice. Yeah. yeah that uh, when you uh, when that lease is up and you're in that van, I mean, you've experienced moving it around quite a bit, but that was a very surreal moment. Like, is we, like we I haven't experienced our- that, man. Yeah, we so had our uh, we had our trailer. Like I said, it took like two years to build out, um, and we had taken two significant, like week long trips. Um, but boondock, like stayed on BLM land with no hookups or anything, um, and did really well. It was, they were almost test runs of the systems because I designed it all myself, and like you don't really want to sell the farm when you don't know if everything's gonna work. Um, so we took those two trips. And we were all excited and we didn't want to, uh, like our goal was no more Minnesota winters because we would live in it in the spring, summer, fall, and then have to move back into the house for, so we were test running. So we've been living in it on and off for two years, but the traveling and everything we wanted to verify. Um, So we had to take off before winter. And we had a festival we wanted to go to. So we loaded everything up and we said, okay, we're done. And the house is going to sell while we're gone or we're going to have to get it winterized. We're not coming back here. We're leaving. Um, And so we were on the road for like over a month and we finally closed remotely for on the property. And it was like we saw we mailed the papers back from Texas and we go, we don't have anywhere to go now. <laughs> right, right, everybody right, right. everybody in an RV wow. out traveling and camping has that well at least when we get home right 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 exactly yeah, we're home <laughs> <laughs> how's that feeling though man um freeing freeing really um scary okay. as shit like really okay. it was scary uh it was like for the first month we were on the road, if something happened, we legit could just cancel a sale and go back and, and regroup and figure it out. Um, at this point it's, it's friends and family, man. (laughs) Like if something happens, um, we're going to have to scramble and figure it out. But my wife and I kind of thrive on that. Um, that, um, that unknown as much of planners as we both are, we plan our whole lives and shit, but like that unknown is what we thrive on. Um, We've done it twice. We moved to a farm uh, when no one was out of the suburbs. Uh, we moved up to a farm. And then in the middle of COVID, we decided we were going to sell a farm that we were producing all our own food and go live in a trailer. <laughs> so um, we don't really follow norms. What, so what was the reason you, you guys decided to go on that journey? I mean, it's like you said, it's um, very with the trailer, it was uh, the cold. We were just done with the cold. We wanted to be more. Um, we wanted to be able be able to be more self sufficient and not have to do it. We wanted like we looked at Tennessee, which was um, you know a thousand miles away or whether eight hundred miles away, and they had a hundred more days of growing, a hundred more growing days a year. So like oh, a yeah. third of a year more, I could be productive <laughs> outside, and I'm like what am I doing here? What, I mean, it was just because that's where um, my wife was born and where I went with my ex-wife is just the only reason we were there. And it kind of clicked and we're like, we can sell this. 
where are we going to go? And we picked a spot and then we started doing a little planning and said, I've never really, I don't know why we're going there. Like we should go live there for a little while, but do we really want to go there? And how, where are we going to stay when we get there? Cause we were going to buy raw property and put up uh-huh. a yurt. And we're like, well, where are we going to stay until we're in the yurt? And um, we realized, okay, we'll just do a travel trailer and move out there, live in the yurt or put the yurt up and then we'll have the trailer. Well, if we're making a trailer, why the hell don't we just go look for someplace else? Like just travel around and find where we want to go. And it like kind of all melted into this. Hey, let's move into a trailer, go look for properties all over the country. And when we find one we like, we'll just pick it up and move on. That's amazing, man. Like, what a journey. <laughs> what a journey. I envy you, man. Like that's, Well, everybody yeah, I mean, thinks that's... we're crazy that we know, uh, which is fantastic. <laughs> I knew I was I doing it right when uh, when everybody thought we were crazy and said, no, you're not going to do that. There's no way you're going to do that. Well, they said that when we were going to move to the farm, too, and we did that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, that's how free thinkers go. You know, like yeah. you go for what feels right and then you figure it out like along the way. Right. Yep. I feel yep. like that's the best, that's the best life. You're trying, you're testing stuff out and, you know, obviously things, some things work better than others. So you're just figuring it out along the way, but at least you're getting like a shit ton of experiences and you're, you know, you're, you're, you you clearly seem happy about it. So that's what matters the most. Oh yeah. Yeah. My, my whole demeanor changed once. And as this journey has happened as uh, like that transition to minimalism, um, that was forced upon me by my own decision, um, just be limited in size and space, uh, that made me happier. Transitioning to the barefoot, um, spending time barefoot and connecting to the ground made me happier. Uh, right. Traveling, being free and letting. So we're letting kind of she work. My wife works remotely, so she's she's the sugar mama and I'm trying to build some other things. But we're letting people are asking, like, well, where are you going to travel next? And it was like, I'm not sure. I'm just going to let that happen. Um, we're letting, we're going to do some on-site consulting for some people. And that's like putting waypoints that we got to go. And we're just letting the journey kind of build itself. And it's, it's kind of fun. It's kind of fun. that it, way. It is. It is. It is. It looks like, well, kudos, man. I love that. <laughs> so yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to follow. Uh, I got you in my pod stream now. Um, and hey. I'm excited to follow out the, the van life thing. So that's, uh, yeah, man. It's uh, it's you. a it's a different thing. It, I mean, you're probably more equipped to deal with it than most. Um, most of our <laughs> team make that transition, both with the fact that you've kind of traveled your whole life and you're down to 130 things you own. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're, you're you're right in that wheelhouse. So I think you're gonna do just great with it. <laughs> I hope so, man. I mean, I'm counting on it because, like you said, when that lease is over, I mean, you have no other choice but to make it work. Yep. But yeah, no, I'm not. I'm like, for one, we're going to be in Europe for the first probably year or two. So we're we're not planning on doing, although Europe is, is a whole continent, so it's big. Right. So you can definitely get lost. But what I'm saying is like, I don't think it's going to be much of a, tro- a trouble. It's going to be, there's going to be a lot of adaptation to do, mm-hmm. uh, especially I think for my wife, because she's, she hasn't traveled as much as I have, so okay. she's going to have to adapt to the new lifestyle, but she's excited about it. So that's all that matters. I mean, the curiosity is there. The we the plan is to just like, you know, your project is called it's, uh, you know, leaving and living out of, you know, this this, this whole system. Yeah, exactly. Outside of the system. So uh, we want to do that. And we also want to keep you know, uh, we want to make sure people see that, you know, it's, it's not as strange as society wants us to, to believe because we're just like you guys, we are normal people. We're like everyone else. Like we, you know, we, we went to school, we went to high school, we, we work, we have families, we're just human beings. We just want to try new things and, and, and not be, um, you know, prisoners of a system. That's it. Yep. Yep. Figuring out a way to get to the same, the same end. We all have the same end. We all end up in the dirt. Um, let's, let's uh, enjoy, let's enjoy getting there. And I, I think exactly. we, it kind of comes, it kind of comes full circle to what we talked about earlier is 
being able to enjoy every day of your life or enjoy 75% of the time you're awake every day right. instead right. of enjoying the last three years after you retire. Exactly. That's like, the, I would that's rather the spend whole... those three years out over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm stretching out like the fun, the fun years of my life. Like, yep. you know, you're, when I look at, you know, some of my peers who are like in their 20s, maybe 30s, and they seem drained already, and they still have like 30 years to, you know, to 30, 40 years sometimes to of work ahead of them. Like, how are you going to find happiness in all of that? You know what I mean? It's clearly not working for you. I do know people who enjoy being busy all the time. I do. I, and and that works for them and I'm happy with them. And I think we need people like that as much as we need people who are creative, as much as we need people who are very handy, as much as we need people who are free thinkers. We need everyone. But it's just the harm of the system is that it forces uh, a one size fits all, uh, you know, uh, propaganda and i don't think that works and i'm glad that people like you and i and so many others out there are trying new things and are looking for new ways to just make sure life is not fun like you said for just three years but it's fun you're in i mean for as much as as possible i mean obviously it's not always fun when you're right. i mean it doesn't you, have to be you, fun you, and games but truly enjoy your life live, exactly, live yeah. your life live your life <laughs> that's what it is that's what it is and to have goals as well is important. And I feel like people lose sight of their goals when they get into the job market, which we yeah. call it a job market, which is crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, when people get into that, like they lose sight of everything that they care about, except for, you know, job, which means money at the end of the month, which means thanks to that, you can now, More you know, stuff. afford shelter and whatever. But like, that's not what life is. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. There is, there is a, there is a, yeah, there is, there is balance to be found in there. And I think it's good that there are people like us and people like them uh, working each of us in our own direction to maybe somehow, someday, someone will find that balance. And, and I think we give yeah. people permission. I think right, we give exactly. people permission to both um dream about doing it wish they could do it and then there are people that are actually going to do it that you might give them that little bit of well if they're doing it maybe i can exactly i think yeah, we yeah. i think the, the more people that are doing it the more people um and not in a fad way yeah that happens like just because it's popular yep. now but yep. i think the yep. more that 100%. people really dive deep into um, that it's really making you happier. It gives people permission to explore it. A hundred percent. Exactly. Exactly. Leading the way. I mean, leading the way by example. And also like, you know, we're leaving a blueprint and that's what I'm learning from all the, you know, people like yourself, other people on YouTube that I watch when I'm building my van and they're yep. like, Oh, I made this mistake. So I don't, you know, pay attention because this could be costly and you're like oh thank you and i'm definitely i've definitely made like a shit ton of mistakes <laughs> building my van or just living my life and what we're trying to do through the, through this medium which is like podcasting and and content creation as a whole is to put the blueprint out there and tell people you know avoid this mistake but of course this mistake shouldn't stop you from you know pursuing your dreams we're just telling you like you could actually do better than we did yeah, um, yeah, that that was the big it. realization was that people want to see you fuck up. <laughs> like <laughs> they, they want to see the mistakes, and you only want to show them the successes. And it's like, wait, my my mistakes, not like getting hurt blooper mistakes, but my mistakes mm. are my most viewed content because people learn from it. And it's like that right. mental block is I have to be successful. I can't let people show that I fucked up, but showing people you fucked up is the right thing to do so they don't do the same thing <laughs> right 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 there's beauty in the in the struggle and and the beauty is that it's like those lessons those very valuable lessons that people cannot find if you're just posting about the beautiful you know highlights of your life like that's not where where the lessons lay i mean yeah it's nice to show them that you know at the in the end you're actually much happier today than you used to be when you were in a nine to five maybe for you you know what i mean yeah. but um 
it's also in showing them that yeah sometimes you do fuck up we all do and it's okay like don't make the same mistakes you're definitely gonna make your own anyway well and also kind of being real with them that it's not all cherries and rainbows um that yeah we just went through 16 degrees in a travel trailer in texas that we went to texas so it was warm um And I had to burn wood to in my willow wood stove I have. And I had to run propane and go without running water. Um, this shit happens. Right. But we knew what to do. And if we didn't, we would have figured out what to do. Exactly. Um, and you're going to have to do that too. Like be honest with them, but also give them the benefits. And yeah, it's 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 like it's almost like you just have to show them your life. And that's, that's what I really settled on was it's not a 24 seven camera, but it's, I try to share everything. I try to share um, everything, the good, the bad, the ugly, like this morning on my show, I talked about poo and uh, composting toilets and stuff. So, (laughs) Hey, good morning. Let's talk about poo. (laughs) Right, 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 right. I learned a lot from these videos because I got also a composting toilet and and they were like, yeah, if you separate the liquids from the solids, then it's going to smell less and whatever. Like Mm -hmm. I would have never known that like in a billion years because we don't have composting toilets at at home. So like, you know what I mean? So you learn that from people who have tried both and who have realized something and tried you know, to build uh, a separator or whatever. And yep. they realized that and they shared it with us. And so that's uh, on us to do the same with other things. And yeah. And yeah, like another thing, which is extremely important is that people feel like because one person, you know, already shared what they learned from their experience, uh, others shouldn't. I right. feel like that's like, borderline stupid because there's no one person no one video that everyone in the world is gonna watch right you know what i mean so oh, yeah we, we oh, need you your can, content you the same exact words with the same right. exact pictures and the tone in your voice is gonna ring better with somebody or exactly. somebody else and it's like just do it just put it it's like there's how many billions of people in this world not everybody's watching that one video. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I feel like a lot of not just uh, people, but content creators don't realize that. And they're always looking for, you know, a super extreme, authentic way to make like new videos. And I'm like, you don't have to just share your authentic uh, right. self and your authentic experience. And I say it's enough. Like, And that's something that people are now understanding but yeah at some point it was it was a mental block for a lot of people (laughs) well there's there's two intents one is to have the viral video that goes crazy and the other is building a content creation brand or a a brand of some sort using content creation and you have to be consistent and you're not looking i mean yeah it'd be great to have that viral video but it's more than that like it's a it's an it's a block of education that you're putting out there for people so make it complete and uh yeah and keep it consistent you say that that you say that right i mean consistency is and you know being disciplined basically is what brings consistency is the one thing that can actually change your dna completely like it could make you a different person to be organized to be you know uh, consistent with what you do which you put out is going to make you actually better at what you do in every sense. And it's going to make you feel more fulfilled because you're actually pushing through and you're actually pursuing, you know, uh, 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 an ultimate goal and you're going to improve on, on a daily, daily basis until you die basically. And what's better than that, you know? Yep. I hear you. I want to learn something as, as it beats, as that, that last heartbeat goes, well, actually, hopefully I'm in sleep. Hopefully I'm in my sleep (laughs) and I read a decent, I read a decent article before I went to bed. Like if that happens and I learned with my last breath, right. Mission accomplished, man. Mission accomplished. That's it. You completed the game. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I beat Mario brothers, man. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, man. Exactly. I love it. I love it. All right, man. Well, we are uh bumped over here over an hour. Um, any last thoughts? I, I'm gonna have all I'm gonna have um your website uh in the show description in the video notes and all that. The um sure. I found it the more tk.com right, and right, right. Uh, slash podcast for the podcast. Uh people definitely need to check out your podcast. But 
any closing thoughts, any big things coming up, anything people should keep an eye out for over at your website or, um, yeah, I definitely suggest they check out your podcast. Thank you, man. Thank you so much. Well, first of all, I'm super happy we had this chat, man. Um, it's it's I've learned so much. I enjoyed, you know, your questions and just the free flowing conversation. So thank you for that amazing job there. Um, and second of all, well, I well, other than that, my 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 you know van building project, which is taking like a, so much of my time, and you know that, and everyone who's building a van knows that, uh-huh. and uh. I mean, there isn't much coming out and I'm actually happy with it. Like once again, slow living. I'm just building my van, doing my podcasts, doing some work on the side because, you know, you got to you got to be able to afford the, you know, the upgrades and whatnot. Yep. But um, so, yeah, that's that's practically it. I mean, last words, try minimalism uh, for people who, who are out there. You don't need as much stuff and you need. You don't need to upgrade your MacBook or your iPhone or your Samsung or whatever it is that you have every year. You yep. can use it for three years, four years, and it's totally fine. It, does, it doesn't devalue you as a person. Uh, and if people around you like value you as a human being based on what you own or how you dress, then there's a problem there. So maybe you should pour, pay more attention to just being an, you know, a, a decent human being. That's it. Like yeah. all of your materials don't matter. I mean, they don't, they don't last. And I know it sounds simple, but it is. So yeah, that's it. That's it for me. Man. Awesome, Thank you man. again. I completely, I completely agree with everything you said there. It was spot on and it's a great place to close. I really encourage everyone to check out TK, check out his stuff in the, in the video description, in the audio description, check out his podcast. And man, I'm, I'm very happy you came on. And once you hit the road, we'll have to do this again. We'll, uh, we'll definitely keep in touch and uh, we'll hook this up again. So I appreciate everyone listening. Be sure to look out for another episode coming soon soon of lots to talk about this has been brian and we'll talk to you soon